Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. I'm Chris Loder and for this episode I am joined by Liz Batchelor and we're going to be previewing this weekend's racing where we'll be focusing our attentions to Northumberland Plate Day at Newcastle. We'll also as well be looking at some races at Newmarket and also as well we'll give our thoughts on the feature race of Saturday which is the Irish Derby. So the first race we're going to look at then is the 225 at Newcastle. It's the Potomps Network Chip Chase Stakes. It's a Group Three contest, and Sense of Duty is your current favourite here at nine to four. We then got Spycatcher at ten to three, Glenshaw at fives, Edarak at eleven to two, Ebro River at sixes, and bigger are the rest. Um, quite a tricky uh, start, I think, to the podcast here, Liz. But um, who did you fancy? Yeah, so I feel a bit boring um, because I'm going to stick with the favourite in Sense of Duty. As you say, it's 11, she's 11 to 4 at the moment. Um, she is the only fully in the race, so she does have that weight allowance against the boys. Um, but I think her form has been franked because she beat home Flotus in a listed race um, in May at Haydock by a neck. And Flotus, of course, come in third at 40 to 1 in the Group 1 Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot last week against the boys too. Um, I like the way that she really dug in to head floaters in the closing stages and she put up a good fight staying on really well in the last furlong. She's been out four times, winning three and a second on her first outing as a two-year-old last August. But I think she's a definite improver so this step up in class should um, be easily in her reach. Um, so it is sense of duty for me. Um, I think if you're looking for some each way value, then maybe I did take a look at Michael Appleby's Edrock, who seems to love the all weather and beat home Spycatcher in April here at Newcastle. Yeah, definitely an interesting contender. I thought Glenn Shill was a little bit of value. He seems to love this course and distance. He's not raced on the all weather um, for a little while. And last time he did, he actually, like I say, won over this course and distance. In fact, he's actually not won in a while. He, his last win came in the British champion sprint stakes on Champions Day at Ascot uh, back in the autumn of 2020. I think he's just found a few hard tasks since then. I think this is one of his e easier assignments he's had in recent starts. And for me, I thought he was interesting. I thought it will go handy, go towards the front. And sometimes it can be quite hard to make up ground when when, when the Tapita's the on the warm side because of the hot weather. So I thought he was an interesting one. But um, yeah, so uh, Liz quite likes the favourite for William Haggis, sense of duty. Wouldn't put you off as well on an each way on Edrak. And I quite like Glenn Schill. So that's our thoughts on the chip chase stakes. We then move on to the next race we're going to look at, which is the Jennings Bet Northumberland Vars Handicap, a consolation race for the Northumberland Plate, and Evaluation is your current favourite, and he will be looking for the five-timer after winning his last four starts. We've then got Zealander at 13-2, Free and Williams, Mellow Magic at 15-2, Jeremiah at 9s, Raven Ark 9s, Reverend, Reverend Hubert 11s, and Bigger Isle of Rest. We were talking about this one off air Liz I think you're saying you found it pretty tricky but did you manage to come up with a selection for the listeners I have and this race is hard really hard um but I've gone for Huey Morrison's Raven's Ark which as you say was was nines um I think or the last time I checked anyway um I think he's been running quite well in defeat the last couple of times in the class two and class three and they've both been over the two miles um his last one was only in May where he kept on well over one mile five at Lingfield he's two out of six on the all weather and I'd like to think he can go well again and it's, it'd be interesting to see if the handicapper's got this right it could be quite a fun race to watch i think 
Yes, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I really like evaluation here. I know I'm not being original with the fact that he's looking for the five-timer, but I just think he's really progressive. And the these stamina trips are what he, he, what he wants. Um, I backed him last time at Musselboro. I put him up on my YouTube channel when he won at York. He just seems to be um, going about things the right way. Um, and he was really impressive last time we saw him. He showed a really good turn of foot at Musselboro. And I think that actually wasn't a bad bad bet for him in one of those Sky Bet Series races. His dam as well as Estimate, who won the, the Ascot Gold Cup for the Queen. He did have a sneaky entry to run in the Ascot Stakes at Royal Ascot, um, but he, he couldn't get in. Um, off a mark of 90, I think they were probably um, thinking that he was going to get a chance at... Uh, at um, at, at the the main race, but uh, he, he gets in here. Um, and I just think, yeah, I think he can continue his winning habit and I think he'll be there or thereabouts and I think he'll appreciate the stamina test. So it's evaluation for me and Liz likes Raven's Ark. We then go to the main race at Newcastle, which is, of course, the 3.30, the Jennings bet, Northumberland plate handicap, and Rajinsky is your favourite for Harry Davis, getting an opportunity, uh, claiming the £5 for Hugo Palmer here. We then got Trushan, who's carrying a mighty weight of 10 stone 8. He's 6-1. to one. We then got Valley Forge at 6s as well. One smooth operator at 13s. Spirit Mixer at 8s. Bandanelli at 10s. Rainbow Dreamer at 12s. And Bigger are the rest. Um, Liz, again, quite a tricky race. I think, though, it could be between the market principles. Uh, do you agree with me there? Well, yeah, but I think I, even though Trushan is ten stone eight, is he six to one at the moment? I think yeah, six, six to one. Last time I, I think that's massive. I honestly do. I just think I'd I'd expect that to shorten almost. I just think it's really big. He obviously should have won at the Gold Cup, ran at the Gold Cup at, at Royal Ascot last week, but that rain just didn't come, so he was obviously a non-runner. But yeah, even with his top weight, I think he's too classy. He's, he's obviously won Group 1s and beaten some top quality horses, Stradivarius being one. Um, last seen in April at Nottingham, winning a, a listed race easily. And this is a Class 2, and like we say, I know, yeah, I keep on talking about 10 stone 8, but um, yeah, I, I'm i with Trushan all the way. I think he's too classy. And uh, Holly Doyle's on board again. Um, so yeah, I think they'll do well. Yeah, I was actually thinking along the same lines of you. Uh, he did run in this race last year where they did uh, go down the claimer route. They put Reese Clutterbuck on um, and he ran okay. He was sent off 5-2 favourite, finished 6th. And actually that was, at the time, one of his career best efforts when he recorded an RPR of 1-2-1. His career best effort, if you want to know, is when he won uh, the Prud Pro de Cajran at Longchamp uh, back in the autumn. But um, I know they've obviously wanted to be getting a run into him, but I think he's a class actor. And I wasn't seeing anything that had like loads in hand. I, I think Rajinsky has to be respected. So does Valley Forge, one smooth operator. But I just don't know. I think Trushan is a little bit better now. And I think the last uh, year, the last 12 months, I think he's become a better horse. His run at Nottingham has worked out well. He beat Quick for who won. Um, the King uh, Henry the Second stakes at uh, Sandown. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives with Trushan. And yes, he does have to give the big weight away. But six to one, I think he's a crack in each way. But if you if you still get that price, if you're still listening to this podcast. Um, but yeah, for me, I've, I'm in agreement. Uh, me and Liz both like Trushan 
in the Northumberland Plate. We're then going to go to the next race, um, where we're now going to go to Newmarket for a few races there. The 205 is the first race we're going to look at. This is on the July course now. Uh, they race in the July course for the summer. And it's the Maureen Britain Memorial Empress Philly Stakes. And Minnetonka is your favourite for Richard Hannon and Jim Crowley in the colours of the Westerbergs. We see these colours with a you know, Brian McBurn got Mal. Malreskia at 7-2, Lazou at 5s, Believing at 15-2, Absolutely Flawless at 11s, Bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz, um, obviously Minnetonka was quite impressive on her debut. Um, do we think she's going to uh, continue her uh, upward progression here? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, as with all two-year-old races, um, they I find that this always quite tough. But I was really I was really impressed with Lazou's run at Bath two weeks ago in a class four where she won pretty easily, albeit she did leave it late. Um, but overall, it was a very professional performance, I thought. She's by Zoostar, who was a multiple group winning horse um, over in Australia, over six furlongs. So I think the step up in distance will be achievable. Um, and Rafe Beckett's not having a bad season. And Frankie um, is an eye-catching booking, um, even with the news, obviously, today with, with him and Gosden potentially breaking up. Um, but, um, yeah, it's Lezou for me. Yeah, I think Lazoo, you have to respect, and it's interesting about the Dottori news, I'm sure. We'll talk a little bit about it in a minute. But yeah, I think you have to respect Lazoo. I think Minnetonka probably deserves to be favourite. She recorded an RPR of 90. I think she could be a little bit better than, than that. And it's interesting that uh, Jim Crowley um, comes in for Pat Dobbs. Um, I'm not sure what the thinking is there, but... Uh, not necessarily a negative in my opinion. So it's Minnetonka for me and Lazoo for Liz. We then go to the next race, the 240 of the House of Cavani uh, menswear Fred Archer Stakes listed contest. And the Godolphin, um, I've got the, the market principles here with Rebels Romance at 7 to 4, Kamari at 11 to 4. We then got Stowell at 7 to 2, Universal, Universal Order at 4 to 1, something enticing at 10s. And that completes the field. Um, Godolphin looked to have it, Liz. Um, are you siding with? one of them i am siding with one of them but i'm not siding with rebels romance i'm going with kamari um even if william buick has chosen to to ride rebels romance i actually think maybe he's a bit too short he's never ridden on turf before and he's not been out since february which has made me a bit cautious to be honest um but kamari has a ride under his belt he came fourth a couple of weeks ago in a listed race where he led them weakened over one mile five so i think that the drop back in trip to one mile four should help he has won a group two last june at royal ascot beating wordsworth and stowell into third who obviously also runs in this race there's only five runners in this but i think it would be a good one to watch yeah i think kamari's quite solid here i think he's the likely pace angle you might get an easy lead on time things the only time he actually uh, tried quick ground is is the the only time he won it uh won on it when um he won the queen's vase like you say at royal ascot for me, I couldn't have Rebel Romance with, with that form um, coming to the turf. have to respect him being a choice of William Buick, but 7-4, I think I'd rather be on Kamari. Stole for me, I'm not sure about him. Uh, he's not really progressed the way I've liked. Universal Order maybe could get involved in something enticing. I just wasn't enticed by. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Again, uh, Kamari for the both of us. We then go to the next race, which is the House of Cavani Menswear Criterion Stakes, which is a Group 3 and Sunray Major has been backed into favouritism at 15 to 8. 
And James Doyle is um, replacing Frankie Dottori here. Obviously, big news uh, breaking today. Um, there are rumours that maybe John Gosden moving forward now might not be using uh, Frankie as his first choice. Um, Liz, is James Doyle a positive jockey booking over Frankie on current form at the moment for Summer A Major? And would you want to be siding with him here? Yeah, I think it is a positive um, booking. Obviously, I I'm still not quite sure what's well. I say I'm not quite sure what's gone on with Gosden and Dottori, but I think that I think it, maybe it was evident after Royal Ascot. I don't know, and all good things have got to come to an end at some point, I guess. Um, but for this race in particular, I can't not go with Pogo because um, obviously he was in my travel a, a couple of weeks ago and he likes it here at Newmarket. He's raced here five times, winning twice, coming second three times. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if he makes all again like he did last time in that group three at Haydock in May, holding on just by a nose and beating Lana Cash and Sunray Major, who also run in this and are also yeah, favourites over him. Um, I could have got sevens this morning on Pogo, but I think he's a lot shorter now. Um, but I think he's he's fairly consistent, and I I think he'll go well again. Yeah, I think I can't understand the price discrepancy between some of the market principles here. I think Sunray Major is the interesting one for me. They're they're putting on the cheap pieces. I know last season they they thought he could be a group horse. He subsequently maybe not gone on to deliver that. So. Who, and it's interesting that they are going the cheap pieces and Doyle is on. Lancash might strip fit for the run. I could see him maybe improving. But Pogo, I do agree with you. Um, I think he's the one they've all got to beat. He does have to give away a £3 penalty for that win last time out, which might be a little bit of concern here, but he's got the form over course and distance. I didn't have a, per, a personally a strong opinion on this race. I think it could probably go either way, and maybe one of the uh, the other two could maybe reverse it with Pogo. But, yeah, I wouldn't pee you off if you fancy him. Of course, you've got to go for him after your treble last week. So, yeah, Pogo for Liz and no opinion from me on that race. Okay, so that's... Um, new market covered. We're then going to go on to the Irish Derby, um, which is the feature race of the day. Um, and Tuesday, I'm surprised, is now your favourite for Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien, the Epsom Oaks winner. Very rare to see a filly taking on the boys in one of the derbies. I don't think I've seen it done during uh, my uh, racing lifetime. Um, we then got Westover at 7-4 to four for Colin Keane, who um, replaced Rob Hornby earlier in the week. Um, that's an interesting talking point. And we then got Hannibal Barca at 8s, Lionel at 8s, Pisbadil at 9s, French Claim at 25s, Banatotion at 50s, and Glory Days joining him at 50s as well as the rank outsider. Um, Liz, an interesting battle here, it looks, between Westover and Tuesday. Are we going to be siding with one of them too? Yeah, I am. And I think he really was the bad luck of the English derby um, in Westover. Would he have won? I'm not. I'm not sure, um, but I would have liked to have found out. He really didn't get a clear run, and I, I think we'll see what he's capable of in this Irish derby. Um, but as you said, there's been a bit about Rob Hornby, who isn't partnering him again for this. Um, the ride's gone to Colin Keane, which has caused a bit of a stir, um, but it always seems to happen in this sport. Um, and I mean, Colin Keane does have an association with Jugmont, and he is three times champion jockey in Ireland. Um, but I do feel for Rob Hornby, but let's see what happens this time, I guess. 
Um, the horse is reported to be in great shape um, and it'd be interesting to see how he's ridden. He seems to get worked up beforehand, and he, but he does like to finish far, so see what happens there. But um, the distance would be fine, as will the ground. And I think six to four is an all right price. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I would rather have him maybe favourite over Tuesday, but you have to respect Tuesday. She gets the Phillies allowance. She has been supplemented for this race. But I don't know. I, I just think she was a bit fortunate last time to, to beat Emily Upjohn, who we all know uh, probably would have won if she, she got a better break. Um, so, yeah, uh, interesting to see how it gets on. Uh, but I also as well just want to give a shout-out to Lionel, a horse I uh, want to follow this season. I don't know if he's going to be capable of winning this yet. Um, yeah, I think he's a horse you want to be maybe keeping on side for the autumn. I think the, the key to him will be soft ground. Don't think we'll get it this weekend. But if he could maybe finish in the first three, I'd take that as an encouraging run. And he's a horse that um, I think I've got le le ledger aspirations or maybe even uh, a, a long shot at an arc or stuff. And he's a, he's a horse I think could go to the top level this year. But he, he might not have the ground in his favour. But uh, yeah, he, he's one to maybe uh, keep in your uh, tracker. So yeah, um, that's the Irish Derby covered. And that's the podcast covered for this week. Um, thanks for your time again, Liz. Hopefully we've had some winners for the listeners this week. Remember to follow us on the socials as well. We're, we're on Twitter and Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Also as well, please remember to gamble responsibly. Rate and review wherever you're listening to us on. We really appreciate all your feedback. And that's all we've got to say. So please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.